This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. Okay, and welcome back. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pad Pod. I'm your host, T. I've got Pat with me, right? From Hot Time Senior Editor of Hot Time Little Tom. Pat, how are you doing tonight? Um weird. And weird is weird is and weird is a fair and solid yeah. assessment of tonight. Um this is gonna be a ratings free version of the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Not that we don't like doing player ratings, but tonight was such a weird game. In general, I can't do it justice. I have to go back and watch it. And we will, I will try and do them and write them up and we'll get them on and maybe get them on Hot Time in Old Town. I may not, not gonna lie, it's a 50 50 proposition to be honest. My parents are in town and I haven't seen them in a year. It's wonderful to see them. My focus has not been on the fire. And frankly, from what I've seen tonight, I'm not sure it should have really have been. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it was. I don't even know where to begin. I usually, before we record these, I write my uh, game story. And I am, after working in media for, I don't know, 20 years, I am a fairly quick writer. I can just come up with an idea and write it. And I sat down to write this one. I came up with about five different leads, didn't like any of them, and decided just to do the show first. And we'll deal with the game story after, because that's just kind of how that game made me feel. And, and to me, and to me, honestly, to be honest, Pat, for me, it started even when I saw the lineup. We saw the lineup tonight, and of course, Frankowski was out of the out of the eighteen, um, and so was Herber. So I texted you, and I'm like, "Is Frankowski hurt?" You said yes, and and I'm guessing it was a hot time, and I just missed it because this has been a whirlwind week. Yeah, for me. he was he was questionable with a injury called undisclosed injury. Um, oh, is 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 that relatable to hockey and the upper body and lower body injury that nobody knows really what the hell's going on? Don't know what undisclosed injury is, to be honest. Um, and then, yeah, Herbers was out for yellow card accumulation. So, um, did we know that ahead of time, and I just missed it, or was that just one of those that you kind of went, oh, okay? I uh, was not aware of it until I read the game notes today. So, okay, um, okay. what the team puts out, I'm like, oh, that explains that. So, yeah, so no Herbers, no Frankowski. Collier started, and Georgie started. And other than that... And and Georgie, and Georgie starting in place of uh, Frankowski, that really is a surprise at this point. Georgie's no, been better. I would much prefer that, yeah. Yeah. Although Georgie was hobbled last weekend, so we were, I w- you had said he was healthy by the end of the week, so I was... But I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, and then... He left the last game, obviously, after 22 minutes... Wiki said he went and got a scan on his ankle. Apparently his ankle was okay. Uh, he was in training this week and yeah, good enough to start today. And, and um, so no injury to report there. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, the only... I, I guess the, thing, the first thing that is, is starting to irk me is, you know, if the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, um, I, I don't understand why at this point Wiki has stuck with the, basically the same lineup. 
Um, I, I think I know why he does it because he deep down believes that it will work and it is, he believes it's his best lineup. And I know from a, like a center back standpoint, Kappelhoff is hurt and I don't think Wyatt Olmsberg is good enough to start. So you have Pinedo and Calvo. And then from an outside back standpoint, you basically have Sekulich on one side and your choice of Johnny B or Navarro on the other side. And at um, this point, and at this point, I feel, I know I, uh, Nacho Alicetta said they're going to make the playoffs. They're not. I, I love his optimism. They're not. But they so were if two points out. They were yeah, two and they out. and they crapped the bed when they really had three they could have picked up tonight. But that that all said and, that all said and done, they're not going to make the playoffs. So at this point, Navarro's twenty, what twenty twenty one years old. Get him a run out. You might as well at this point. I know they've done a lot of that. So I mean, yeah, he's been starting more than Bornstein at this point. It's correct. It's he's this he's kind of the, the first choice starter now. And Bornstein is kind of the backup, it seems. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's and, uh, you know, I. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to wish th- there Go was ahead. some level of rotation. I wish B- Bronico could get a start over. Seculich or something, and and I hope that we see it Wednesday night because there's another run of a quick run of three games coming up. Um, I, I I feel like there needs to be it, the team looks tired and the team looks like they have heavy legs and there's very very little rotation. And and, and see, you took away my thunder because I saw this during the course of the game. Alicia Rodriguez, who's um, she used to and she wrote for SB Nation. Um, and, and she does write for SB Nation. She does write for that's right. Yeah. She went from temporary to full time. She's the California sports editor at SB Nation. She put this on Twitter tonight, and it caught. I caught it at some point this afternoon, and I and it, um, it's from three hours ago. So the, when it was about game time when this came up, the majority of teams in MLS look physically and mentally exhausted. Teams, fans, and media don't want to hear it. But I really think waves hand around and the schedule crunch is just grinding everyone into dust right now. Would that be a fair assessment of what we're seeing with the fire and their lack of rotation? Well, see, that's the issue, right? If they're, they're being ground into dust and they're not really rotating. But that's what, well, that's but that's why they're being ground into dust is they're not rotating in general. Yeah, it's and I mean, everybody team like everybody in the league is, is playing a lot of games in a condensed Mm-hmm. time frame and it's 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 causing weird bad soccer like we saw tonight but um i still you know i i, I would still want to see brant bronico start a game i'd still even though we were all kind of down on him as a right back to start the year when he was matching up against jordan morris which is well kind of everybody everybody yeah i was yeah. saying nobody matches up well with jordan morris at this point i, I would like to see whatever and i understand that you're he's limited but i'd like to see some changes and i hope that we see some changes um wednesday because it's uh houston it's, at home yeah it, it's exhausting seeing you know this is a very different game in many ways than what we've seen all year but it was still kind of the same thing and and wiki said the same thing kind of after the game which was we didn't finish our chances. We let a few soft ones in. We need to stop doing that. And at some point, like, then change it. Try something new because this isn't working. No, and 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 I don't and I don't disagree with you. I, I'm not going to even address the last two goals. And I've watched and I saw. And I shouldn't say it. I, I will say address three of them. I did not see the fourth one. My son told me they scored. 
I at that point I really didn't care any longer. The first goal, you know what? And and we'll we'll walk through them. The first goal was a, was pinball in the front. It looked like it hit Madron's foot, and Shuttleworth was wrong footed. The rain was, and how much? And I and I want to ask you because you you watch more of it than I did. How much was the factor? Was the rain? Did, I mean, did it really play that much of a havoc that would allow yes. a soft, craptastic goal like the first one? Yeah, yeah, it did. It was a ridiculous amount of rain coming down. It was a Florida, you know, one of those late summer rain, Florida yeah. thunderstorms. But yeah, but uh, both teams are playing in the same conditions. So if, if at some point, here's the thing, like this discussion has been, I, I wrote a piece on this this week and it came up again tonight in the post game. And it's, it's how much of this is just bad luck and how much of it, are the fire creating their own luck or that lack thereof. Right. And yeah, sure. some of it's just bad luck, like straight up, like you can't do anything about the, the two overturned goals. I mean, if let's, I guess Elliot let's, let's should have been on side, let's but, come back to, let's come back to those. Cause I want to talk about those okay. from a referee's I, because I'm a referee, I'm a licensed referee again, which, which tells you U.S. soccer will re, will license anybody. But that said, let's talk, let's, but I want to come back to those two goals specifically, but you're, you're, I want to keep you keep going on luck because I, I think I saw that piece and it was a great piece and, but keep, keep it's, addressing that. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the, the issue it's, you know, yes, things the bad, there are, there are bad bounces right there. So within the course of a game, you can lose a game, especially a game where the scores are basically two, one, right? Like it's, sure. you can lose a game because of bad luck because a ball hits Zardis and falls right to his feet and he can score. Um, you can, you know, lose a game because of an injury or a bad refereeing decision. Like maybe you could argue that's what happened tonight. Maybe I, but big picture, when you step back and look at a season, you're not, unlucky over the course of the season unless it's an injury to a star player or key player like something like that 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 you can argue is unlucky over the course of a season sure otherwise you make your own luck in in soccer as in life you make your own luck now some teams are starting with they're starting ahead of the curve right like depending on you know the money spent who your owners are and what kind of facilities you have and things like that that, that can that can help but but yeah you, you make your own luck and 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 so yes maybe the fire got unlucky to draw against the crew maybe they got unlucky to lose tonight against Orlando or maybe it's on them and I've and and, uh, and honestly Pat I'm gonna my opinion the truth falls somewhere in between of course maybe yeah. and maybe some bad bounces and we talked about the Columbus game in in a quick briefing and then Battle and I kind of went into the philosophical part of it, but at the at the same time, yeah, it happened to land it at Zardis's feet, and Zardis finished it. But why was Zardis so open? Right, that's yeah. you know, and these are and these yeah. are the things we can go over over and over again. Yes, there's some bad luck, like the first goal, which I started to talk about. It bounced around a little bit, and it seemed to get by Shuttleworth. How does it bounce around as much? How is somebody not able to get that cleared? Right. The second goal, or, again, again, the second goal seemed to be like a pinball, and it gets to Nani's head, and Nani just. But why is nobody within three yards of Nani? 
He's an international play for Manchester yeah. United. How do you of leave the best someone? On the team. And it was Sec- and it was Sekulich who let who let him go. That much I picked up. How do you um you you might ask how do you hit a poor penalty and and have it saved by the goalkeeper? Maybe it's because you were fighting over who should get to take it for forty five seconds before it's taken. And and the fact that and while let, let, well, let's let's talk there. about let's talk about that. Yeah, and the so they get a penalty. They get a chance to get back in the game. After they've already had one goal taken away about the referee, which we'll come back to. And the fact that you are fighting to the point that your captain has to step in. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that begins and ends with Raphael Wiki. We I absolutely does. He even said so. Him. That's on him. And I get it. He corrected it at halftime. And in the second half, when they had the penalty again, Barrett stepped up and finished it like Barrett should. That should never happen. Yeah, in case how you did, didn't how did see, that in case you didn't see, I know you saw probably TJ, but I tweeted the answer mm-hmm. to this. Um, Wiki said he never chose a penalty t- kick taker, and and I heard you know Ruben wrote on the Hot Time Twitter that that it's Madron's. No, that's like playground rules. No, it, at this level, the manager chooses who's taking the penalties and that is set ahead of time. Yeah. And if there is any kind of dispute, the manager stands up and says to his players, you're on it. That's what I would do at a U10 game or a U11 game. That's the yeah. same thing that a professional manager would do. You take charge of it. You don't let your players stand there and argue for 45 seconds over it. You don't have to have Calvo get involved. You tell them who's taking it. That is what you do. You but stop the, the bullshit right there. And, and I do but not at the same time he was sitting happen. and he was sitting on the bench not getting involved. I know. It was I as know. weird as that. I'm watching this and Charlie and I've got my eight year old looking at the score and he's going, Dad, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen anything. I'm I'm in my mid forties. I can't remember seeing anything like this You're happening the in a professional leader. game. You're the leader. Mm-hmm. Lead. Yes. I don't know if, if that was some experiment that he was trying where he wanted them to, to make their own decisions or if he I don't think he was unaware of the situation I and mean, we were all aware of it. Maybe he yelled something and they just flat out didn't listen to him, which is also a problem. That but, becomes a pro- that becomes a problem where somebody needs to leave. If that if that happens, somebody should be leaving. Here's the deal. You OK. And you said it yourself, and you, you've said it. You step up, you tell somebody to take it, one way or the other. Calvo should not have to get involved with in that. This should not be where they're arguing about it. You pick somebody and you finish. And, oh, my God, it, if I'm a drawn at this point, I want to crawl in a hole and die. I fought and fought and fought and then get it saved. He should be embarrassed at this point. Nothing yeah. short of that. Yeah. And I, I did think, you know, Tony Miola made it a point to, to point it out on the broadcast, but I did think it was a good sign that, that the, the first person to come over and congratulate Barrich after scoring was Madron. And, you you know, uh, Tyler Terran said that, you know, these things happen, like you, guys in the heat of the moment will fight with one another. Yes, that's true, especially if there isn't clear guidance from above. But at some point, you have then- to go... The problem needs to. The problem at that point is, where's the guidance from above when it's 
this should all be planned. This is planning. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It seems yes, and it seems to me that, and that's. And to be fair, Wiki took credit or took the blame. Responsibility. For it. He said it was yeah. yeah, responsibility. He said it was on me. I didn't choose that. That won't happen again. We chose Barrich at halftime, and obviously, and it was clear that he did because there was no question who was taking the penalty at, 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 at when it happened again in the second half. And Barrich, to his credit, put his away. But I, I don't understand how these things happen. I don't understand. If they begin to fight, if you're Wiki, you stand up and say you're on Midran. You stand up and say Midran or you stand up and say Barich. Yeah. Or you stand up and say Georgie Mihalovic, for example. You pick someone in. And at that point, honestly, I if I'm Wiki, I'm almost grabbing a third and saying, you take it. You other two get the hell away from it. Whatever it is. Georgie. Whatever it is, you make the decision. And you run with it. Get it done. I'm not saying that's why he missed. Mm -mm. I am saying that it was garbage that that happened in the first place. I'm. I don't think it helps. It's disappointing, and I I like Rafa a lot, and he does. I to his credit, he always talks to the media. He always takes the blame. He he always takes the tough questions with grace, and and he's. I think he's a really good person, and I think he knows what he's doing. I don't know how they missed this one. I really don't. Like I no, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to step in and tell you that is a style of leadership, and it's one that I'm a fan of, and that's probably why I like Rafa Wiki. Is there's a point where you sit there and you just say, I don't care what happens. I'm going to take the blame for my to my senior. Sure. Yeah. I will. He, I, and when he gets behind closed doors, he may rip them a new asshole. But in front of the may, media and in front of his that. bosses, he's going to take the hit. And he'll address it later. That's super important to point out. He said that he hadn't chosen one. And that's a great point, TJ. He may well have chosen one. He may well have chosen Barrich. And Madron had no confidence in Barrich and wanted to take it himself. Or, I mean, he may well have chose Madron and Barrich wanted to take it himself. Like, Wiki may have made a decision on this. And the players didn't follow. And... He may have just taken the blame. I don't know the answer. I don't know the true answer, but I do know that there have been times this season where players on the fire have dumb have done dumb stuff, and Wiki has basically he takes shielded the, that as best and, he could. So. And, and that and that's his and that's part of his job. You take the yeah. hit and you address it behind closed doors. I guarantee. I, my speculation is at this point, these players are getting re get, getting pummeled proverbially in a locker room as they should be as professionals, but he takes the hit in front of the media. Hey, I didn't have him ready. It's my fault. He may have had him perfectly ready, but he's going to take the hit. And and here's the thing is I guarantee if he had them read, like if he had chosen somebody and that's, it just didn't follow through and that's all that happened. He takes the hit in front. I, Oh, we didn't have it. You know what? I guarantee Heights knows. I guarantee Joe knows that what, what the truth of the matter is. But they're not going to. But it's better to put it onto him, on a wiki, than it is to continue to have that fight festering within the team. And so it, then, it's a style of the media. Yeah, it's a style of leadership, and it, it's one I'm I I am in favor of. And again, that's probably why I like wiki in the, it, as much as I do. But, I, but now I want. Yeah. But I now mean, I want it, to go ahead. One, finish. one point, real quick. I mean, I, I generally am. I am myself more similar to wiki as a coach than I am Mike Ditka. I, I, when I am more interested, I would be, 
I'm more of a fan of Jurgen Klopp than I am of Jose Mourinho. I, I like a positive, um, thoughtful coach more than a, as Doug Plank, the old Chicago Bear would call it, a chemo coach like Mike Ditka who comes in and screams and MFs everybody and mm-hmm. terrifies everybody. I like Wiki. I like generally like his style. No, and, but and if and, he's and, telling yeah. the truth, then that's not a good sign. No, I, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate and say 95% of it's crap. Um, he probably had something set up, and it just it whatever it was, it didn't work. And but so that's one goal. Now let's talk about the two that were taken back. The okay. first goal, the first goal, Collier was apparently offsides. But it went to Calvo. Calvo finishes it. He was I'm, off. He was off. But the question is, is whether he was involved in the play. And this is where I would look to you for guidance on this. I looked at it a couple of times. And I'm watching it on my phone. Not going to lie. I was Like I said, I'm out at a campfire with my mom and dad and uh, my family. And I'm watching it with, Char- with, my, with Charlie, my eight-year-old. I don't understand how you pull that back. He was offside. He's not why that goal went in. It went in because Calvo finished it, not because Collier mm-hmm. got in the way. I'm a, and I'm a goalkeeper, and I'm looking at it. The goalkeeper did not react to Collier. And that's why I don't understand why that got pulled back. I, I was confused about that one. Now, the second one that got pulled back in the second half, was that in the second half or was it still the, was the second half? Wasn't Just to it? play devil's advocate on this one, TJ, sure. real quick. Could you argue that Collier was occupying a defender and, and therefore pulled the defender off of who would have been able to slide over and stop Calvo or block his shot? Could you make that argument? Is that what you think the ref might have been thinking? No. In my opinion, the answer is no. In my opinion, the answer is no. I don't think Collier's offside position pulled the defender towards him. Because if Collier is onside, that defender is still sticking on Collier. Basically, Collier on and offside yeah. is a, to me is irrelevant. That defender is going to be with him. If the the thing, the only argument you might be able to make at that point is that the defender by Collier going offside stepped to it and that left Calvo onside. But I, that's not the case. Calvo was onside anyway. So I'm not sure why why he pulled that. I. I I'm not sure. I, I would have to, I may go back and look at it again. Maybe I'll have something for hot time. I may not. I, like I said, again, that's kind of where I'm feeling right now. Is it worth the effort? Because this was such a weird at weird game, but that one should have stuck. Now the second goal, get a corner. It bounces around and eventually gets knocked in. And the referee pulls it back because it, while it's getting bounced around the penalty area, hits Pineda's hand. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this one is much like the one with CJ Sapong in Florida. There was a handball by Orlando prior to it. At that point, the referee could should, could and should go back. And if, if you're going to take away the goal because of the handball, that led to the goal for the fire, you should pull the other handball back first and make that a penalty. I don't that's think, interesting but point. I, I'll, however, I don't think that's in the rules. The rule is set that if there is a handball in the buildup to a goal, you have to pull that goal back. 
a handball by the attacking team, mm-hmm. you have to pull it back. That's Even if there was an earlier handball that would have resulted in a penalty. Correct. I I don't think I don't think that 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 part is addressed. The rule is re- the way the rule is written, as best I can tell, is and I, that I can recall from classes is if there is a handball by the attacking team in the build up towards a goal, you pull that goal back. End of story. It doesn't address the handball by the defending team. And for that, because the defending team's handball didn't stop the attack, it gets let go. But then they have to take away the goal. Is that kind of is that does that make sense at all? And it's the same it, thing with Sapon. Yeah. Because the, the the handball against Vancouver didn't stop the attack, and there was a handball in there that led to Sapong's goal, they had to pull it back. And same thing here. Orlando's handball didn't stop the, the attack for the fire, but there was a handball in there anyway, so they have to pull it back. Yeah, it's, it, it makes it's sense. A weird, it's a yeah. weird way. The, it's a weird, the rule is written poorly, and it doesn't address that that scenario. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I should clarify. I don't think the rule makes sense. I think what you're saying makes sense. I think that the ref went. It's just by, rare that, it, that it's rare that what I said makes sense. But we'll, we'll run I with think that. The ref probably went by the letter of the law there, and and technically speaking, got the call right, even though it didn't feel right. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. It no. It absolutely does not feel right because the other handball is irrelevant. So therefore, the fire's handball should be irrelevant. Except that the way the rules, it doesn't address the defending handball. It only addresses the attacking handball. And there, I, I feel like VAR hasn't got the sack, the guts, the gumption, call whatever you want to call it, to go back and say, you know what? That handball in the first place is what led to the second one. We're going to give a penalty. It, does, it just doesn't seem like it. That's twice the fireman in that same scenario. and It hasn't worked out. So, yeah, which speaks to the luck thing. Like, is is this all that's just... where the, that's where your argument about the luck. There's there's something to be said. That's two goals that the letter of the law is right, but the spirit of the law is wrong. And that's where the luck just that's where you get burned by the luck. The fourth goal, I, I I didn't watch it. My son said, hey, Dad, they scored again, and it was in stoppage time. They're already down 3-1. I didn't care. I haven't gone back to watch it. I don't care. You're down 3-1. I don't care at this point. But you look at that, though, the penalty kick fight, two goals taken back by VAR that, I like I said, I guess the second one's right. The first one I still think is dubious. But this is a different game. And how do you manage that? How and and that's where I I feel like if Wiki were to manage this team and gotten a point out of this, with despite all the opposition, man, how think about it as a player. If you're anybody other than Madron, you've had a penalty that should have been, should have, could have, didn't happen. You yeah. had goals taken back by VAR. The first one I still think is crap. The second one I guess I get, understand, but you're watching this as a player. How do you bounce back? That was my first question for CJ. It was it was basically how are you guys? Are you mad? Are you depressed? Are you like mm-hmm. at this point how to know that you've 
you know, they, they have no doubt worked hard and, and bought in and to the new staff and put in, you know, their heart and soul into this. And then it's, it's not working, whether that's because of bad luck or bad tactics or, you know, both. I, I, poor play in a lot of cases for sure. But, you know, at some point you, you can't allow the same players to keep making the same poor plays. Um, it, it gets to a point where it's like, it, are you done? Are, are, and it, I don't see that it's happened yet. I mean, it just, the no. fact that you have players, the only good thing about players fighting over a, a, who's taking a penalty is that they still give a damn. And, you know, maybe they're, they're only giving a damn about hitting an incentives bonus in their contract or something. I don't know, but it, it's, they still seem to care. They still seem to have fight left in them. Some of them at least, but we're hitting a point where there are only what, um, do we know how many, ga- do we know how many games should, are left? It should be doing the quick math here. It should be 11 more games, right? Cause there's, there'd be, they did six and this is the seventh of the restart. And then there's going to be, yes, there, are, so there should the be fire, 11 more games. The fire have had 12 overall. So they're going to play 23. Is that the idea? Yeah, I think so. Cause they had two right. and then they had three in Orlando and they're doing, 18 okay is the is the plan but obviously the plan as we know in 2020 can always change but you're at the point where you have two wins through 12 yeah um seven losses you're minus you are back to being the team with the least amount of points in mls um not a position that the franchise has you know (laughs) The franchise is obviously familiar with with the wooden spoon scenario, but but this new group has not experienced this yet. Um, at what point do the players go? Eh, fuck it, I'm not. You know, I'm done. And I don't think that they're. That's the one of the good things here is I don't think that they're there yet. And they to to when everybody laughed when Nacho Alaseda said that. They were gonna. He was sure they were gonna make the playoffs. Oh, by the way, they're three. They're they're only three points behind right now. Right, like they were only two points out when he said it. It's still very possible that they sneak in when they're three teams make the playoffs. They're three points behind it. They're three points behind right now, and I'm looking at the standings. So midweek, they're they they're home right against Houston. Correct, and that will be the first time that we uh, see them play at Soldier Field post Bears. No. Are the Bears here home tomorrow? Yes. Oh, okay. I, that's how much I care about the Bears. But Houston is sitting in the eighth spot, one point in the playoffs ahead of Real Salt Lake. They're at 15 points. Houston has not been overly impressive. So you have Houston, and then you have Atlanta on the weekend. Atlanta's sitting in 12th. And Atlanta, we know, is a dumpster fire as far as MLS teams go. This is a team that should be near the top of the table and has been crap. Now, that said, that also means they can turn around and just – you know they can figure it out they which seems to be the fires luck for lack of a better team they these teams that are bad that they seem to figure it out against the fire pretty quick um so theoretically you have two games at home realistically is four points the minimum this week yes all right and and i I think it's i and i feel based on atlanta's form i get it atlanta still has a ton of talent this should be a six-point week. However, you know, kind of going back to what you said, and I, that we I pulled from Alicia Rodriguez, 
is this team exhausted? Because like you said, the, just the lack of squad rotation. Is this team tired? And that's what we got to find out. I, I, I know I know there's some guys on that bench that aren't tired. No. It's just a matter of, is a tired Boris Sekulich better than a fresh Brant Bronico? Is it, sure. you know, is a tired Francisco Calvo better than a fresh Wyatt Olmsberg or, you know, Pineda for that matter? Um, it's apparently Wiki feels that um, that might be the case. And I, I, you know, it may not be the case, but we'll see. I, I, I would expect with two games coming up rapid fire here um, that there would be some rotation for sure. Now, but I'm going to ask you this, and I, and this is just more my question for Pat is you have two games, you have one against Houston, one against Atlanta. Which one do you, which one do you, if you're going to do squad rotation, which one are you looking at? Do you look, you rotate midweek and try and get mm. your A squad Saturday or which game are you chasing three points? In your I, opinion. <laughs> I kind of feel like you rotate midweek. And, and I and I and I tend to agree with you. I, I actually agree with you in that sense. I was just curious to where you came down on it because I'm looking at it. And how much rotation do you do? I mean, is this where you look at players like Olmsberg, Andre Reynolds? Is this where you look at Brant Bronico as a given? Um, you'll have Herbers back. I mean, how much rotation do you start looking at this week? That's a good question. I think that if CJ is ready to start, you have to start him. Mm-hmm. Um, in some capacity, whether that's in straight up in the nine or if that's on one of the side on one of the wings. Um, okay. I would like to see, I'd like to see BB get a start. I really would. Um, he started uh, the first two games of the year. I think mm-hmm. he should start again. I, I would like to see him stick with Mahalovich. I, I think. Georgie's uh, this, Georgie at this point is. Yeah. Uh, I think that it would be interesting if you do start, I, I if you need, if Jimenez needs a rest, and I don't know if he does, but if he does, I would be interested to see Pineda play there again. Sure. Um, and that would mean probably it would have to mean Olmsberg playing um, because whatever Carlos Tehran gets here, and it could be close because of the looks like Colombia's lifting some travel restrictions. Um, okay. I don't think he'll be ready to start anytime soon. So no. um, it, they'll need to ease him in, but um yeah, I would, I would, I'd like to see some, I I, I mean, you, maybe. Now I want, I'm going to ask you this question and, and I feel it's a long shot and I don't think the answer is yes on this, but if you looked and I know you looked at the 18, did you see that Connor Sparrow was not in the 18 tonight? Uh, I didn't actually notice. Was Selena, it Gaga? It was Gaga was in the 18 tonight. Do you give him a run out on Wednesday? At what I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't think you go away from Shuttleworth, but I also kind of want to see Gaga start a game too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I know that Wiki really likes Brian Gutierrez, and he's been playing, you know, ten minutes it, here and there. Sure. And you I, run I him out? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I don't see what you have to lose at this point, and it's you're, you're losing as it is. Go with something new and different, and see if that's the one thing that I like that Rory does with the Red Stars is is throws some people out there and like can we play now, Andre Reynolds I, is Andre Reynolds going to play 
And I, and I get it. Like in the case of Gaga, Gaga's sixteen. I get right, that. Right, That's right, a little right. bit it's, different. A different story. Right. However, but you know, I, I, I the Blackfires Twitter feed has been calling for I think for Reynolds for a while. What what do you again? What do you have to lose at this point? You're not winning. You're you've won two games. You've lost seven. Let's try some things. Let's see what's there. If you're gonna throw away this, if you're gonna flush the season away because you're not winning. Why not see what you have going into next year? I get it. This year is as weird as anything we've ever seen, you know, in my in 40 plus years, my 44 years on this planet. It's as weird as anything I've ever seen. Um, you know, like I said on Twitter today earlier, we're on March 203rd as far as I'm concerned. Hey, I will give you two quick examples of why giving people a shot can pay off. One, Bianca St. George in the yep. uh, NWSL Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. And two, Emmy Martinez, who got the start finally after 10 years at Arsenal after after Bern Leno went down and they just sold him for 20 million pounds rather than the 2 million they would have gotten for him if he had never played. So, yes, there is some benefit, especially when you are bad and you don't have anything to really lose here. Um, and it, there's a benefit, although it's you are a five game winning streak away from being mid table or better it's it's sure. mls so like <laughs> I, I get fair enough that fair enough the season's not lost here but but if you're yeah. gonna throw if you're gonna throw some things out there and see what sticks a midweek game you, you think think about a few a couple weeks ago when they were in they were in cincinnati in a midweek game that was one of the most boring games i can recall when did the game change? When you threw something out there, you threw, hey, let's see what Georgie can do again. Let's see what Collier can do again. And they were good. So why not? I, I guess I feel like it's a why. At this point, it's a why not. There are two players on this team that I like that everybody seems to hate in the Twitter verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is Fabian Herbers and Elliot Collier. And it, it is because, although sometimes they make mistakes and they're not, the absolute most talented players in the world, they seem to give a damn. Sure. And they both seem really intelligent. So I, sure. And I, I, I agree. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, kind of, cause I haven't done ratings tonight. We're not going to, but I guess I want to say is st- step back and, and go as much as I rip Cal- uh, Calvo and I rip Calvo, like nobody's business. It, it's a family tradition. What can I say? To see him actually give a damn enough to step, you're talking about giving a damn, to step into that fight Mm -hmm. as a captain said a lot to me in a positive sense. Because as it started breaking down, I'm going, where the the hell is Wiki and where the hell is Calvo? And within two seconds, Calvo's in the middle of it. I told you, I do think in the the little bit of time I got to spend around the team before COVID when I was at training, I do think Calvo is a pretty good captain. He makes incredibly questionable decision making decisions sometimes on the field that has you wondering what are, where you mean like you, you mean doing? like a foul you mean like a foul before the third goal for Orlando yeah, yeah. and and yeah. and you know what you can go back to any of the fifty five one pods you can at look at my brother's Twitter Kelvo as a captain is never a question they loved him as a captain they hated Calvo as a player. <laughs> you start looking and going, I get it. So, no, but to see him step in when the number of times you've watched him kind of flake out, I, I guess I was happy to see that out of him. I guess that was kind of my where I was going with that. 
Somebody had to. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's well, why Wiki didn't. Well, and you know what, though? Part of me wouldn't mind seeing a full-down, just beat the hell out of each other brawl. Oh, my God, Monty. The Indians are showing first life for the first time weeks. They appear to be beating the crap out of each other to go back to Major League Two. So, I mean, <laughs> a drunken Bob Euchre in Major League Two. So, I mean, we, we got that to go with. But So, anyway, fire lose four to one. We're 40 minutes. I'm going to cut this off right now. We're done. So, when I pick this back up, I'm going to throw a mix in there, and then we're going to talk about something completely different. Do you remember the minivan dad's a rimba? He's got a minivan. Ah, 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 minivan dad pot, ah, Talk about soccer, ah, minivan dad pot, And now we're back, and this is something completely different we're going to talk about. There's a whole lot of butthurt on Twitter this weekend, Pat, and I know you've seen it. Are you talking about Chris? No, I haven't checked on Chris's Twitter. Is Chris okay? I, I really haven't checked on his feed. He's he's mad at Peacock. He oh, then that's where we're going. Yeah, I guess it, I, I I haven't seen his meltdown about Peacock. I guess it didn't hit my Twitter feed. So NBC decided this weekend was a good weekend to say, you know what? We're going to use Peacock for a lot of games. And there's a whole lot of butthurt in the Twitter universe about this. And I don't understand why. I, I guess maybe people had sandpaper on their toilet seat. I'm really not sure. I don't know what people are expecting. And this is where I walked out. And this is this is it from the 40,000 seat view. If you are NBC, NBC a couple of months ago, Fox decided they didn't want to spend the money that they had spent on the U.S. Open. NBC bought the rights. NBC from 10 until the NBC Nightly News decided they're going to show the U.S. Open on big NBC from 10 a.m. until 5 or 6 p.m. I forget which today and tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. So that takes big NBC out of play. They usually have a game at 11 o'clock. They're not having that. It also happens to be the final weekend of the Tour de France. And I know you didn't watch it, Pat. I chose to watch it because I, I I do watch that. And oh, by the way, the yellow jersey cha- went from a minute down, changed hands on the, on the individual time trial this afternoon. And tomorrow's a ceremonial race where you're the Champs-Élysées. And it looks amazing downtown in the heart of Paris. It is an amazing scene to watch. It's the last week after three weeks after three weeks of what's that? I enjoy the Tour de France. Did I? Did you watch it today or no? I did not. But okay, uh, I I got I got like it. No, I I I wasn't implying you didn't like. It's something I wake up and watch every morning when it's on. And I I got back from Lizzie from Lizzie soccer, and it was the individual time trial. They're going up a mountain. I'm like, I got to watch this. And the fact that yellow jersey changed hands on the the penultimate race. Is pretty darn amazing, and he won the time trial by a minute and a half. Like wrote the race of his life, a twenty-one-year-old was pretty darn cool. So, are they, okay, so you've got, are they all still cheating? No, no. Um, in fact, in fact, ironically enough, in in the world of COVID, they get tested on each of the off days, and the race director 
got knocked out of the tour because he tested positive after the first week. But none mm-hmm. of the riders have, none of their crew have. I think one other crew member had. But the fact that the race director got thrown out, I thought was hilarious. No one's, no one's having secret blood transfusions and, and I get not that they're catching. Not that they're catching. Not, they didn't nothing catch Lance ever. for a long time either. No, they didn't. And maybe they will. But this is this this kid is 21 years old. He's going to win with the yellow jersey. He's from Slovenia. He's going to win with the yellow jersey, which means he also has the white jersey because that's the best young rider in 25. And he's king of the mountains. The what the things that these kids do, these people these riders do on the mountains, I, I astound me, and that's why I'm fascinated by this. Anyway, to bring it back, so you got the Tour de France on NBCSN during the day. They had the Arsenal game on today, which. I know you're happy about that's, that. Result. Well, they should. And then they had Brit, they had NASCAR on this afternoon. Here, here's where all you need to know for those who are upset about the Premier League being on Peacock. Notre Dame football. Let me repeat that. Notre Dame football was on USA Today. That to me is it. If you think the Premier League is going to take precedent over what's on NBC when Notre Dame football gets kicked to USA, you're crazy. Now, I get it, and I, I put this on Twitter. So why didn't they use CNBC or E or Sci-Fi or whatever the other thousand networks Universal owns? Because they know what does a better number, and they go with what does a better number because they want to make more money. That's part one, and then you hit part two. That that this is what makes more money. You put one game on Peacock. Guess what? You just stay with Peacock. Yeah, it, it's it's you know people will sign up for it if you put it on there. The, I, I the, there's two arguments here to be made. One is difficult for me as a soccer fan who you know who's watched the sport has tried to watch European soccer for 20 years or so. Um, I don't really feel like complaining about much these days when you know for about 25 bucks in combined subscription fees you can watch pretty much any game you want it's it's a pretty amazing time i think to be a soccer fan in america and we have it better than they do in europe yes i wish it was cheaper but you know what you can pretty much if you want to follow a team you can pretty much watch all of their games i will say though the fact that i wish that NBC would do with Peacock what ESPN does with ESPN Plus. If they are going to show Bayern Munich on uh, big ESPN, they're also still showing it on ESPN Plus for subscribers there. I do wish that for cord cutters, Peacock included all of but the. They, but that's games. not. But that's not necessarily true. If it is on ESPN and you're not and you've been a cord cutter, it is not on ESPN Plus. If it's I thought on big the Bundesliga one, was doing that. Maybe the Bundesliga, maybe the Bundesliga is, but I know specifically for MLS and things like that, if it is not Correct. on ESPN yeah. Plus, and it's on ESPN, it's, you're up a creek without a paddle. I do think they are doing that with the Bundesliga, but because I'm pretty sure the Bayern game, the Bayern Schalke game was on. Both. The fact that At I least that it showed I, up on both for me, but that well that I carry both, I don't. It's it it doesn't really it doesn't affect matter, me. right? I know, but like I. So I get the argument that if everybody else is putting everything up on their streaming, why are you only putting some of the things up? But again, you're complaining about 
being nickel and dimed. And I sort of get it. You want, you, you know, you want to make the argument that that sucks, but we get to see, you can follow a team in Rome or in Munich or in London or in Manchester or in most cities in Europe, not, it's a little harder to do with La Liga, but you still can um, for five bucks or six bucks or so, you know, 10 bucks a month. So five bucks a month. Yeah. And I want to say yeah. Peacock. Sure. Peacock. I, I think it was forty nine ninety nine for the year. So I just dropped it at that point. And, and with Peacock and ESPN plus it, as much as I love all the soccer, it's the other stuff that I am, you know, ESPN plus the fact that you can go into their 30 for 30 archives. Peacock has, hell, I mean, we're old enough, you're old enough, and I remember this. They're coming out with a, re- a reboot of Say by the Bell. That to yeah. me is worth it. They, um, No, they don't have a Star Trek. I get it. That's CBS All Access. And then you have to have CBS All Access if you want to watch UEFA. I get it. And we could do an entire show. And I we could. I'm not going to. I want to cover it tonight. Here's the deal. Suck it up. I, I'm sorry. You can be mad at NBC. You can be mad at CBS for putting everything on all access or whatever and not putting it on big CBS. Guess what? Golf does better ratings than soccer. I love soccer. I'm a soccer junkie. I do a soccer podcast. Golf does better ratings. That's why it's there. I don't understand that. I don't either. I do a soccer podcast. I understand the decision-making behind what to put where I don't understand if liking golf more than soccer, but no, I, a, I, I don't either. I, However, I don't like baseball all that much either, but you know what? It's, it seems to be popular. everywhere. It yeah. is. Well, it, it's more popular than soccer. And again, I don't understand that, but it is what it is. At least that here. said, and that said, these streaming platforms, like you said, they put these games everywhere you can if you're a soccer fan and you can't find soccer it's on you at that point and i and it's amazing i i like i said i think back to when i was a kid and i had cable the only thing i got was like a weekly premier league thing on sports channel america yeah it's yes okay like the fox got rid of the bundesliga and it went to espn plus and now you have to pay five dollars a month but you get all of the games and you get syria and you get mls and, and USL, USL. usl one the air yeah. selective air device games the chi- the whatever the chinese super chinese league yeah and the so you, occasional you championship league of, one the carabao cup the fa cup yeah if you're a fan of wolfsburg Whereas before you were getting one game a month at best on cable, now you can watch them every time. If you are a fan of the Champions League, whereas before BR was having you pay, you know, five bucks a game or six hundred thousand dollars a game, yeah. yeah, or before that Fox it's soccer Nash. package was charging charging you a hundred dollars or whatever it was, it's six dollars a month and you get the NWSL and you get, you know. TJ's favorite Star Trek show. It's it, it's easy for people to complain, and people love to complain, and there's a lot to complain about in 2020. And yes, we don't like paying for things, but somebody has to pay for them. And now is the best time to be a soccer fan. There has never been a better time to be a soccer fan 
in the United States of a particular team in Europe because you can follow them if you want to. And I get it. Yes, like NBC was NBC a few years ago would put the few games on, you know, NBC or NBCSN and then they would stream the rest for free online. That was I don't were they stream were they streaming them yes. free? I know I knew with cable I had to go into like the 1690s and find them channels and and find They would them. stream the rest online, but you needed to have a cable, a cable subscription, subscription to watch that. Okay. So, okay, fair enough. Um, there's always a catch, right? Like, so mm-hmm. you have to pay for this somehow. And it's it's not like it's the Cubs and they're going to start their own channel that everybody gets stuck with, whether they like the Cubs or not. No, you can pick and choose a la carte what you want to watch. Now, because different teams play in different competitions, usually if like me as an Arsenal fan, I would need to have Peacock and a cable subscription to watch their Premier League games. I would need to have ESPN Plus to watch the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. And I would need to have... um, (laughs) Thank you. And then you'd have to have ESPN Plus for the FA Cup. I mean, which they are... Which Arsenal are now the new kings of the FA Cup. I got it. And CBS All Access for the Europa League, which BR was only putting one Europa League game on television and you had to pay individually for the rest. Now you just get that included with your subscription to watch the champions league it's better than it was well and yes, it, it's it, not free but what do you expect now now where i have a problem with this is and it's not with the live sports necessarily i guess i get it live sports you have commercials where i have a problem with some of the with peacock and cbs all access is the commercials on stuff that's already there if i want to i i, I kid you not i went back and watched an ncis episode and I still had the same amount of commercials if I were watching it on TV. That bothers me. Yeah, on, a live, live, a, on a live event, got it. I don't care. But to put – I watched a movie on Peacock the other night. I was watching Brewster's Millions and had four commercial breaks. I'm like, that what is the weird. hell are you ta- – that, bother- yeah. now, that bothers me. And but, I, I know CBS has the commercial-free version you can pay more for. And I does Peacock as well? I don't know. I already paid for – I paid the whatever the Peacock – I have up level to premium. So do I. I. Don't know if that's, that's what the, I have. Yeah, okay. So it's is there another yeah. if there's another level above it to get commercial free if that then that sucks, but whatever. I guess I'll get over it. But like you said, I can watch Union Berlin on ESPN Plus. I can watch Roma on ESPN Plus. I don't have a Premier League teams, but they're all on Peacock and I can watch those games and I'll figure it out. Now, I, and people were complaining about Peacock's service hitting, miss, whatever. Those I never want to get in the middle of because half the time it's your internet provider versus Peacock itself. I don't, you know, that that lost it. But I wanted to touch on that because, I'm, and I'm glad you had the perspective, more closer to the perspective I did. It's kind of like, dude, there's so many games on. Why are we upset about this as soccer fans? Now, like you said, the argument that soccer should be on over golf, yeah, I I agree with you. However, more people like to watch golf for some reason. Although it is the U.S. Open, it is kind of fun watching these these top level golfers like getting their asses handed to them by a course. So there there's some fun to that. When I worked, let me tell a quick story here. Sure, this was maybe yeah, twelve years ago. Okay. I want to say I worked at. Fox six in Milwaukee I'm sorry. and um, okay. it was a good, it was the best TV station I worked at in my career. Okay. I was going to ask, did you get therapy? Did you get like therapy for that? So 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't all Fox News ish. It was actually okay. pretty well run. Very few complaints. I think it was the best TV station I worked at in my career. Great <laughs> people there. Um, however, Arsenal was supposed to play on Big Fox. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if this was, I can't remember what rights they had then. If this was sure. when they still, I think they still had the cha- the Premier League at the time. Mm-hmm. And they normally put him on Fox Soccer Channel. Well, they were going to put like Arsenal Chelsea or something like that on Big Fox. And this was like one of the first times it had ever happened. And uh, it was going to be at, you know, normal European soccer time. So 1030 in the morning on a Sunday, right? Fox 6, while I worked there, decided to not run the network feed that Mothership Fox was giving that they, we were in an own O station, which means they're owned and operated by Fox. They decided to go against Rupert's wishes and air infomercials during that time because they knew that soccer would not do a number and if anybody watches an infomercial, it doesn't matter or not, you, you sold it ahead of time. So um, that was then. And now I don't have to worry about that happening. It's just on there if I want to pay for it. So I would much rather this than that. Yeah. And and that and that's fair. I mean, like I said, that, that, that's why this kind of like bothered, bothered me. It was just that the level of unhappiness about peacock and whatever it's like i don't get my way i'm going to be upset about it and it's like you have so many more games to choose but i want to wrap it up on a on a chicago fire high note i'm looking at the english football league championship standings and sitting at the top of the table is one reading football club (laughs) (laughs) who is led by what they are on six points they have four goals to the positive and zero to the negative and being led by one Velko Panovich. Pat, how you feeling? <laughs> I said this, I, I did an incredible amount of media for a person who didn't actually cover the team last year. Remember I wasn't a journalist covering this team until January. I was just a fan of the fire throughout the entire Pano reign. Um, and as a person who lived that, when I was doing all these different newspapers and websites or whatever, when they wanted to know who is this guy that we've just hired, I said, I'd be interested to see what he can do with actual backing from the club, because I don't know that he really got it here. And I I think that, you know, there's Alan Gordon's story is, is hilarious. And maybe Pono was kind of a lunatic, but um, I wish him well. And I hope he kills it because it would prove in some ways that he maybe did know what he was doing. And like you always said, there's no way Basti would have kept coming back and playing for Pano. He had no reason to, if he didn't believe in him. So um, maybe Pano was nuts, but, um, and, and, but I think and he maybe knows what he's doing. And he won a world. He, again, it's a youth world cup, but he won a world cup with Serbia. It's, I had a person we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Tell me today, wonder today why the fire would have gone from a guy who won a youth world cup to a guy who bombed out of a youth world cup. Now, 
and, and and there's there's an element of truth to that, except that anybody who watched that team when U.S. Soccer stepped in is when that team went to went down. The, That's went always down the been toilet. my theory. Yeah, they like they they were playing well before that World Cup. So. And that, um, and that, and I think that's why Wiki said, "I'm done." Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent clear on this, but I don't think Wiki was fired. I do think Wiki left U.S. Soccer. So. I think Wiki was ticked after what happened between the Concacaf Championship when they beat Mexico to go into the Youth World Cup, and and getting because there were I forget I forget what happened specifically, but. It was almost like U.S. soccer stepped in, and that's why they went downhill. So there was always the rumor that that it was Burhalter's orders that they go play Burhalter ball. Correct, and that seemed to be instead of using their talents to what they had, which scares the crap out of me because we have, as you and I have talked about over text, the most talented, most accomplished U.S. men's national team collection of players we have ever had can i can i stomp on everybody's wishes and dreams for a second yes okay so you see all these lineups and you see juventus you see uh chelsea you see players that play for Bayern and so on and barcelona, so yeah barcelona let me step in on this a little bit your starting forward is going to be Jassy Zardes, Jordan Morris, or <laughs> <laughs> Josie Altador. Josie Altador. Thank you. Yeah. It's not going to be. Sorry. This just in. They're all still really good. MLS is not going away. There are going to be players from MLS that are going to feature. I get it. When they get to play this next round, it's going to be all European based because nobody can get out of the United States due to COVID. Got it. These players from the MLS are still pretty damn good. They're going to feature. Get over it. And um, when they do I, well, and if they don't make the world, if they're if they suck, guess what? They're still better than the other ones, or else the other ones would be starting. Anybody who thinks Burhalter is a complete moron is wrong. I'm not saying Burhalter's the answer. I'm saying Burhalter's not a moron. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think he's a moron either. Go back. And pull up, and I'm not saying we do this right now, but just for your own fun, go back and pull up the roster he took to the Gold Cup last time around. Like, I don't understand some of the player selections. And I do know that he he has a, he's obviously biased toward MLS in the sense that maybe he isn't biased from a, maybe he's not overtly biased toward MLS, right? but maybe mm-hmm. his biases deep down that he maybe doesn't even understand lie toward MLS because that's what he knows and coached for so long. But we, we have a, what are you talking collection. about so long? He had like two years. That's <laughs> where he was though. Like it, we, he, we have a collection of players now that is perhaps the best, except for the very top end, right? Like Dempsey and Donovan are still pretty excellent players, but we have, we have a, a collection of players that rivals most other years that we've ever had. And I still am not a hundred percent confident that Greg Berhalter can make these guys that are individual players that are stars that are playing at huge clubs. And then all their guys like Jordan Morris that absolutely a hundred percent deserve to be there too. Um, still not convinced he can turn them into a competent team. But we'll and find you out. know what? 
you know what? And this is going to come back and bite us in the ass at some point. So I'm going to finish with on this thought. I think Burhalter's fine. I think he studies. I think he understands what he has. I think he's looked at it. I don't think the talent in MLS is nearly as bad as everybody thinks it is. And I don't, just as I don't think the guys in Europe are as good as everybody. I think everybody gets excited about these guys in Europe because they're playing for amazing clubs. I mean, you see where, where way is playing. You see that Pulisic's the number 10 at Chelsea. You see that um, Gio Reyna is featuring for. Hang on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wea might not be as good as some people think, and I think that maybe he's come back down to earth on that. But Christian Pulisic's like borderline world class at this point. I, if he and I'm not, I'm not. This, I'm not. No, no. And Giovanni Reina. Would you let me finish? I'm. And my point is that those guys, and as as great as those guys are, not everybody who goes to Europe and act is going to be better than necessarily their MLS counterpart. And I guess maybe and maybe Wea is one, Sargent's another one. They're very good. But so is Josie Altador. Zardis find what live or hate him, Zardis finds the goal. And you know what? And and the, and that's not even starting with Jordan Morris, who I think Jordan Morris could have gone to Europe and he, I think Jordan Morris's career is rivaling Landon, Landon Donovan's could have, should have gone to Europe. Didn't is playing in MLS and is going to be just fine. Yeah. Jordan Morris is, is a hundred percent good enough and should be there. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not TJ that the, it's not the old, I'm not making the European based players are generally better than, or they are generally better, but they're not individually all better than all of the options from MLS. But it used to be that our best players came from, you know, Fulham, Old Man City before they were um, Sovereign Wealth Fund Man City, mm-hmm. uh, places like that, and, and PSV Eindhoven. Now it's Chelsea, Juventus, Barcelona, possibly by, you know, soon Bayern Munich. Sure. Um, it's... Also, Chris Richards is already there. So, yes, there's already a Bayern Munich player there. Um, it's it's pretty encouraging to see you know, Borussia Dortmund still with yet another player. It's These are gigantic clubs, and they're, we have young Americans there playing. So it's it's exciting. No, and, and, and again, I don't disagree with that. And that might be... When we decide to bring Chris out of hiding and we just do a U.S. fan TV based show and talk about where we're at right now, because it's fascinating. I'm looking at the roster that they have and the clubs that they're at. It is to see Man United or Man City with Zach Steffen to see DeAndre Yedlin still sitting at Newcastle. He's coming back to MLS, though. Sure. But Reem at Fulham, Sergino Dest at Ajax and possibly going to... Bayern or Barcelona to mm-hmm. see Miatska still theoretically with Chelsea. Um, I mean, you've got Gio Reyna sitting at um, at at, Bay- at uh, Dortmund and and featuring. I mean, this it's fun, but to sit there and rule out guys, you know, like Sebastian Legette, who's still doing with doing what he does at the Galaxy, Jackson Yule sitting in San Jose. I mean, it's it's a good. It's a nice feeling to sit there and look at Giassi Zardes, who scores goals with every body part possible known to man. Uh, you, you know, Ulysses, you know, Jans, it, it, it just 
you know, who's out lions. It's just, it's a fun time versus what we were facing after the meltdown show. And then, Oh, by the way, and anybody who's listening, go on you on YouTube and find the U S fan TV. When the two of them lose their crap after they missed the world cup, it's still entertaining as hell. And you can't even argue that Pat. It's funny as hell to listen to that night. I've never really watched. I know Chris has never watched it. I, I, Maybe watched it back. I listened to it live. It was it, it. It's still hilarious. So, and I know it's your most popular show. So, anybody who needs, and maybe I'll I'll throw that link on you on the minivan dad pod, but just for our entertainment sake. But it's a good time to be a soccer fan in that sense. Guess the what? Comments were coming in so fast during that show that we couldn't read them. Well, that's because I was throwing. It was pretty. There. It was. I, I no, threw half went, out there. It was, it, it was, I, I, we were getting hundreds of comments a minute. It was insane. I, that was, um, it was, it, a, was, it was a wonderful night. It was quite <laughs> In that sense. interesting. Yeah. So anyway, this is you, this is the minivan dad soccer pod and I'm here. This is TJ. I can be at TJ Zaremba, Pat at uh, hot time, old town. He's a senior editor there at Patrick McCraney. Definitely check it out. Read his stuff. I mean, if you're a fire fan, you should be listening to all of it. You should be reading all of it because it's he's about as much of a beat writer as you've got these days. Um, and beyond that, you know what? We we got to come back with the U.S. Soccer one at some point, and we got to bring Chris out of hiding. I, I think that's that's a, that's a given. But we've got a midweek game. We'll have a recap then. Pat, we've been doing this longer than I thought we were. So, what do you got for final thoughts tonight? Nothing. Uh, Are you inspired to write write at this point? No, I'm still as confused as I was when I started. Guess what? They lost 4-1. to Guess what? They had two goals overturned by VAR. One was good. One was technically right. The other one was crap. Their defense, you make your own luck, but at the same time. And beyond that, it's rain. It's Orlando. Orlando's better this year than they were, which surprises the crap out of us. There, you've got stuff to write on. I think that's probably it. I think I should just transcribe that and call it good. Eh, that's probably about as good as you're going to get. And to quote the great Pat and the great Chris, you're done. Because the blaze of